Things look so bad everywhere In this whole world, what is fair? We were blind, we tried to see Falling behind in what could be This is the Making Magic Happen podcast with your host, wellness expert, life strategist, and spiritual bestie, Tristan Noel LeClaire. guys welcome to making magic happen i have quite the show for you today i'm pretty excited um if you are here directly for today's lesson uh topic which is four conversations you need to have when you first decide to consciously uncouple you can just skip right along to that message um and i will put the timestamp in the little blurby in the notes uh so just check that out on whichever platform you are currently listening on to start out today, I would like to touch on a subject that I mentioned in the reel I posted this week of me and some very scandalous garter belts. Um, so I want to get your attention and I hopefully I got it. The, the, th- where I'm, where we're at right now and the message that the universe keeps sending me is that two things can be right at the same time and this very clear message of duality and what that is and how it all lives within us so if you are one of these people that keeps pushing down what it is that you really want and who you really are but you feel that you're not in control of doing this and and uh that it's outside of your power we got to work a little bit backwards We have to work backwards. We have to first acknowledge that you are here now and you're listening to this type of content because you are ready to level up in your life. You're interested in personal personal development and you are interested in connecting to source and aligning with who you truly are, right? So this is all about self-realization. This is where you are at in your life. As a collective society, we're all kind of moving in this direction right now and those who are choosing not to dive into this part of themselves um, and ask these tough questions of themselves they're going to get left behind but you my friend are here you are doing it you are ready to have these tough conversations with yourself and get the answer so first let's acknowledge that second the second step of acknowledging that I am interested in self-realization, I am ready to do this work, there is something more, I understand that there is this power that I can tap into. The first step after that is accepting your current reality as circumstances that you have created and forgiving yourself for them. So if there's anything in your current life that doesn't truly resonate with who you are to your core, anything. And we're talking your marriage, your car, your job, 
your body, your love life, how you express express yourself creatively, who you are as a parent, how you show up in your relationships, your friendships, whatever. If anything, if any one of those things doesn't just feel right to you, correct to you, it's not it's not a direct reflection of who you know you are or who you could be. All right? You need plane going by. You need to accept it. Forgive yourself for it and release it. I take responsibility that this little part is not me. This body is not mine. This job is not mine. This is not what I really want to be doing. All of it. And then you need to say, I forgive myself for putting myself here. You are not a victim and you have to fully embrace that you are where you are at because you have gotten yourself there. Then after you do those two things, okay, you can start asking yourself, what, is it, what, what, like, what do I really like in each of these categories? Pick one, work on one first. <laughs> but again, I always say you can build out all the rooms at your house at the same time. The limited, there's no limit, right? Source is infinite. So you could do it if you wanted to. But when you're first like getting into manifesting and creating the life that you want, it's very easy to focus on one area um, and kind of test manifestation and see it play out before you feel confident moving into another one. So I think back to this whole conversation of duality and two things can be right at the same time is that it is our ego, it is our mind, it is our collective experiences that make us think like that's who we are as a person, but it's not. It's not. We are not we are not who our experiences make us. Those are earthly. Those happen in this life. We are not those experiences. And the sooner we can separate ourselves from those experiences and try to tune into that inner voice that's telling us who we really are, the more magic we're going to be able to make happen. And if you do something and it makes you happy and it brings you joy or it makes you feel creative or it makes you feel any kind of emotion lust, love, value, whatever that feels good to you. And then your next thought after you want that or that you commit to it or do it, take the action or whatever, your next thought is like, oh, but I'm afraid to put this out here because of how I might look to this person or this group of people or this congregation or whatever the case may be. You need to know that that thought, like that thought of worry, of judgment, of like, what are people going to think? And like, now what box are they going to put me in? Because I'm so comfortable in this box over here. Like, this is my box that everybody knows me as. I like this box. But like, doing this other thing feels really good. But like, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely where you should be going. It's definitely something that you should be doing more of because it doesn't really matter where they put you or what they think of you you're allowing them to hold you back from the your next step of your personal evolution and a lot of times like that feeling of like embarrassment 
or worry about expressing yourself or going into a business or whatever, where, however you're going to show your cards in a way that you haven't showed your cards before, it, once you, that, that uncomfortableness, that un, being unsure of something, of how an outcome, how, how something's going to, you know, turn out or how it's, how it's going to all shake down, like that part of the journey is actually why you need to do it. You don't need to do it to like be, have an I told you so moment. You don't need to do it, uh, you know, to get to like the, the good part of expressing yourself and actually feeling like your authentic self. Like, yes, yes, we want those things. That's why we're here. But like you have to actually go through the uncomfortable part of rejecting whatever it is that another person is going to think um, in order for you to get out of this box. So you can be like a mom and you could also be this like badass entrepreneur or inventor. You can be super, super sexy and super, super sexual, but you can also be a mom and have your shit together and nobody sees that part of you unless you want them to. You can be really, really, really creative and also you know, work in finance and understand numbers. There's, these are really surface examples, but whatever like box that you're comfortable being in, you need to smash the box. <laughs> you need to realize that like these boxes are bullshit and your true authentic self has no box. There is no spoon. So my challenge for you this week, my dear, dear listener, my dear, dear architect, is to kind of step outside of yourself and, and look at look at your box. How do others see you? What titles or labels have you become very comfortable with? And what of those labels, and there's going to be many, if you can write it out, you probably have like 16, but out of those that are left, what are still you, what are not you anymore? And what is the true you, but you're a little afraid to be identified as that because you're worried of, you know, what that might mean, what that might look like. All right, guys, let's jump into the lesson for today. Um, per usual, DM me. Let me know your thoughts, any questions that you may have. Thank you so much for listening. New listeners, if you're just now tuning in, I'm so happy you're here. And I'm especially grateful to those of you that keep returning and giving me this opportunity to speak to you and share with you and be a channel um, and bring you all the ways to wait. You, you can make magic happen in your life because you deserve it. Let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's jump right in. Um, okay. So I am talking to my conscious and couplers, my people going through a divorce right now. I'm not talking to happily married people. So you guys can just get to step in. Um, as soon as you actually call your relationship and you say, this is over, we're moving on. How can we do this in the most elevated fashion possible that not only benefits and feeds us as we're going through this process together, 
but that allows our children to still feel safe and loved and that they have access to both parents, yada, yada, yada. The first four topics that you need to go over, first four conversations that you need to have go as this. What, number one being, what is our living situation going to look like now? Who is going to live where are we? How long are we staying in this house for? Whose room is what? What are the boundaries as far as entering rooms without knocking? Um, you know, I know in our home, very we have like a very open door policy. I mean, we have, if you have a two-year-old, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, or little kids in general. Like, there's always somebody naked in your house. Um, and to transition from like being a married couple to... Even if there's like no intimacy, nudity is still a, a, a topic that you need to go over um, because you're just so used to being around somebody for years. It's like, what does that look like now? Now that we're not going to be husband and wife anymore, what is your boundary with that? Like, what are you comfortable with? Um, shower schedules, just things like that. So the living situation is key and drawing like very specific boundaries as far as like your body and your time, TV watching schedule. What is what are the the uh, like the hours um, surrounding you know having the common rooms or sharing the common rooms and like how are we hanging out with the kids? Are we still does is it more of alone time and are we going to start shifting into like you take the kids at this time and these are your days and like these are my days and this is my time with the kids like. What does that look like? Everything that goes on in the home, within the home, and there's no wrong answer. It's literally what you're comfortable with. And I hope that you guys are also in a place to where you're still trying to be friends with this person. And so not a whole lot's going to change necessarily, but the intention behind the action has now changed. And you guys being on the same page as far as what that time together in common areas means, um, and having your own private space, what does that mean now? And what is, what, how can I enter? Am I allowed to enter this space like without this person being there? All of those things, you have to have that conversation. Number two would be finances. Uh, we have been a joint checking and savings household since our inception. So learning how to separate that, tracking money differently and things like that, um, also, what is my, as a stay-at-home mother with my, with my business and a lot of my, my income has always gone towards like extra stuff that we need or like to pick up an extra bill here and there, but mostly it's just kind of been my money and I've just put it back in my business or paid for trips or stuff for the kids. Like it's, it's very, it's kind of like loose funds. It was nothing that we necessarily depended on all the time at certain points. Yes. And other times, no. So now what does that look like? What am what is my time worth financially? Uh, this time that I'm that I could be using to put in my business, build my business, and that kind of thing. But I'm still like a full time mom. I'm still running the home. So what does this mean? Does this mean that I still have full access to our current checking and savings? Um, because we need to start figuring out a monetary what, what, what I am worth monetarily. Is that a word? <laughs> um, because if you are trying to do this 
without going to courts, which is the whole, one of the whole reasons why you would choose to consciously a couple, having this very weird conversation about what your value is to a dollar amount, especially as a woman, if you've been in the house um, primarily and raising the kids primarily and taking care of the home and being the homemaker, like what is this worth and how much time do I need and how much money do I need to take over the home and um, how much how much money and time do I need to put into my business to grow my business, to get it where I, I want it to be so that I feel comfortable once we are fully completely two different people and we're no longer even living in the same house anymore. Um, like what is it? Let's talk money. And the money conversation is a lot harder than the housing situation. Um, the housing conversation, because it's constantly going to be changing and you're going to be readjusting and you're going to have different needs arise. Um, and just figuring out health insurance, gas, things like this. It's food. Food is like a huge one of conversation that we keep having of like, how much money are we spending on food? Um, how can we break this down to see it in a way of like, this is exactly what we need if, if we were just to be solely focusing on what the kids are taking it. Like really weird conversations regarding food and money, but money is a big one and you have to talk about it and you have to keep bringing it up. Maybe you are already a two income house and this is not an issue because you get yours and I get mine and conscious, conscious and company rules good for you. But I think for a lot of us, it's, there's like many shades of gray there. And so it's, you have to get really comfortable talking about it and bringing up what your time is worth, what your time has been worth during the course of the marriage. That's a very uncomfortable conversation. Again, super important. Uh, number three would definitely be dating. Dating Oh my gosh, I know. Again, I'm only talking to people that are currently divorcing because when you're not going through this, the idea of like dating right away or talking to another person right away um, sounds gauche or like, you know, illicit or something. But when you've been already in a, in a relationship with somebody or in a marriage with somebody where there's like been no intimacy and that part of your relationship like doesn't exist anymore the idea of like dating and talking to other people is very attractive just because you just, you just, you miss that part of yourself and you want to get back out there. Um, and you could also be the one person that does want to get back out there and your soon to be ex-spouse doesn't, or your soon to be ex-spouse does, and you're not ready. So you have to have a conversation about what it is that you want what it is that they want, what apps they're going to be on. What does the dating schedule look like? Do you take Friday nights and I take Saturday nights? Like, are we comfortable talking about this with each other? Are we, you know, like really, I feel like this conversation, conversation number three, this conversation actually takes, d depending on where you're at, but this conversation definitely seems to either take your relationship to a hostile place <laughs> and you have to back out of it um, or everything goes pretty smoothly and you'll notice that talking about dating other people or what else is out there 
actually kind of bonds you and kind of makes you feel like friends with that person, which is what's happened with John and I, I'm happy to say. Um, so from that dating conversation, what apps are you on? What apps am I on? Are we, you know, what's our budget here for dates? I mean, everything, everything that has to go in with like seeing another person and how that might even minutely affect the dynamic of the house um, and the family dynamic of how you're trying to co-create this new existence together, that needs to be discussed. And along with that comes like a sub conversation, which I'll call conversation number four, which is how do we feel about introducing said person or said new people to our children? What does that look like? Um, and what we have come to the conclusion that we have come to is we're not introducing anybody to our children until it's end game. Like we are super into this person. We trust this person. This other person knows us really, really well. There's definitely like a future happening there. Like we're talking, we're, we're fully down that road and we are blessed enough to be able to make that choice and hang tight with that choice. Uh, and we're both completely on the same page, which has been really, really nice because I know for me, that is something that I have been worried about because I always am trying to control, 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 control. (laughs) And so this part of it, like thinking about like a new person coming into our family or in our, you know, and or John having a relationship with them. Um, and then that person having a relationship with our, our children. That's like very, very scary for me. That feels weird. I try, like, I trust my judgment based on who I'm going to bring around the children. But when it's out of your control and you can't control who the, your spouse is going to be bringing around your children, that's terrifying. I know you agree. Um, but one thing that kind of helped me work through it was like this person chose me and I'm pretty awesome. So I'm going to choose this really, really great thought. It's the only one that's going to serve me right now. And that thought is if they chose someone as awesome as me, as level-headed as, and as kind and as evolved as me, they can do it again. And that's who I'm going to bring forth to my spouse, my ex-spouse, um, is someone who's going to make his life better and make him happier and in turn make my children's lives happier and probably bring them more joy and maybe make my life easier. Because I will say, after talking to a lot of you, what I have noticed is a lot of times it's the woman, the new woman that's dating the man that it can go either way not going to like it go either way. But for the most part, it seems that that person has kind of only made things better. Um, and if there has like a conflict arises or something like that, it's usually the new woman in the picture that seems to be the one that's trying to give, you know, the ex-wife grace or the space that they need to figure something out. And is usually pretty conscious about maintaining that you know, that line of like being respectful towards the mother and like what that mother role is. Um, which is great. And I've really loved hearing your stories because just having little kids, you know, little daughters really freaks me out. Uh, 
about who could be around them and influencing them, obviously. So that was the fact that John and I are both on the same page with that has been great. And the other thing that we're on the same page about currently is each other meeting that person before our children do. Um, this one's a little trickier, not in the, not in the sense of like proposing that to your soon to be ex-spouse, uh, but it's a little trickier when you're dating people because you're having to say like, Hey, (laughs) um, is it cool if you like meet my ex and like maybe chill with my ex for a little bit? before you meet my children. But here's the thing is that the right person won't care at all. The right person will totally get it. And you have a long time before you would even be having that conversation and that that would be a reality for you. I mean, maybe it's not a long time to have the conversation because right out of the gate, you're probably going to be telling whoever it is that you're dating, like, this is the agreement with my X and this is the life we're trying to build. This is our vision for our family. And so just letting you know that like you won't be meeting my kids for a long time, um, if at all. <laughs> and um, when you do, before that happens, you're going to have to talk with my ex. But again, even if you have that conversation, it's going to be many months probably until you are, if you decide to kind of go about it our way, it's going to be many months until you actually have to set that meeting up and have that happen. And by then you'll know that person so well anyway, that again, I think it should be a non-issue. Like if you're walking on eggshells with your new person because you're so nervous that they're going to meet your, your ex who you are going to be raising children with for the next 18 years or whatever, that's probably not your dude. That's probably not your chick, right? So that's how you have to look at it. Um, and those people, the people that aren't cool with it, they will exit from your life rather quickly. God source, the universe, spirit will remove them almost immediately. Even if you have an amazing connection with them, that door will close because they will not align with your vision that you are actively working toward and you're actively, actively working towards it every day because every day you're deciding to be a friend to your ex and do what is in the best interest of your children. So those are definitely the four conversations that you want to have as soon as you decide that you are going to be consciously uncoupling and taking this whole thing into your own hands and sculpting and creating the result that you want, which is this happy, healthy, loving family. We're always going to be a family. Doesn't matter who you're with. Doesn't matter who I'm with. Our children are going to know us equally. Our children are going to know that they're loved. And this is what it is. And if if every day you wake up and you are making that choice and it's coming from that place, guess what? You are moving towards it. You are aligning with that end goal. Two separate, physically happy families who are cohesively one at heart. (music) 
And that concludes this week's episode. What, what? Um, follow me on social at Nutristinist uh, because I'm going to be sharing with you next week how to get into my alter ego creation container or workshop. It's going to be happening in January where we conceptualize and embody our alter ego to be able to fully submit to our desires and merge with our true self and therefore coming to into alignment with who we actually are and who we deserve to be and want to be and all of those things and all of this comes from uh, the idea that I want to continue helping you find this self-love in the new year. This is where I'm going to be going with my work and with this podcast and all of that um, because only then can we find this outside love, this romantic love, which is something that I'm super passionate. Um, I've had so much joy working with clients to get themselves in a place where they are ready for love, open to love, and all the possibilities that that can bring them um, from everything to creating the best like online dating profile to, you know, what how their mindset needs to shift in order to attract the person that they're looking for. And this does all come back to um, something I'm going to be talking about on the next pod. So stay tuned, which is um, how we actually kind of all have this very unique superpower and only you know what that is. And that superpower is the ability to manifest something without even really trying or thinking about it. It's just like your thing that's very easy for you to align with and attract. Um, And it's, you, you know what it is you know what it is. It's the thing that you're not actively pursuing. So if you're somebody who's always, you know, grown up in a fluent family, um, money's really easy, easy for you, then you're probably not out there trying to manifest and journaling every day about how to get more money because money is just already something that you're in alignment with. Um, but maybe you're looking for love or maybe, you know, you've never, had a passion. You've never felt like you can really express yourself in a way that creatively aligns with who you are as a person. And so that's what you're something on the hunt for, but you are super organized or a CEO or oh, what, what's an example. That's an actual example. Oh, I work with, I work with a lot of, um, like physicians and, and when I was doing my fitness and nutrition and, you know, the, the thing that they couldn't get a handle on was, um, their bodies. So here's somebody who's like super successful, like understands and can absorb so much knowledge, understands what it takes to help somebody else is really selfless, intelligent human. Um, but when it comes to wrapping their head around, you know, harnessing their own body, that's something that they have trouble manifesting. So there's always something that's like very easy for us and something that like feels just like we can't touch it like we can't quite grasp it um and one of my superpowers is believe it or not because I I realize it sounds ironic because I am going through a divorce but is love and like bringing others love and helping others come into alignment to attract that into their life and it all starts with self-love which is why this workshop is gonna be amazing it's gonna be so good because you're gonna see 
how hot and powerful and desirable you are as a person and you're going to be able to fully immerse yourself and submit to who that is and uh it's gonna be awesome all right guys i will talk to you next week This has been the Making Magic Happen podcast. To get more information on what you heard today or to book Tristan for coaching workshops or retreats, please visit www.mymindbodygoals.com or follow on Instagram at new underscore Tristanist.